We are back and live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, and it is going to be a great program today, folks. We have Chuck Neff, author of a book. Peter Karutz is in studio as well with us, and it's called Fighting. Well, the book is not called Fighting for Your Marriage, but that is what it is about and we all need to listen to it, and not, and of course, read it, Chuck, right? And read it right, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, would you uh, do us the honor of starting off with prayer? I would love to. Let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, thank you for the gift of another day, the gift of life, and all the graces and blessings you continue to pour into our lives. We just ask you to be with us, certainly during this next hour, uh, that we may be who you need us to be to uh, spread uh, your gospel message through the sacrament of uh, matrimony, to all of our couples uh, listening today, to all of our men and women who are uh, hopefully fighting for their marriage, trying to make it work. And uh, we just uh, pray that we may be what I like to call those fit and faithful instruments of your peace and goodness. Pray for all of our families, wherever you're listening today. Pray for your family today, that they'll be blessed today in whatever way they need to be blessed. And we make all of these prayers as we do every day through the intercession of our most beloved Mother Mary, in the most holy name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Amen. and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, Chuck, Amen. first off, thanks for being here. You know, Chuck and I work together at uh, various charitable things, like uh, <laughs> our men's group and yeah. uh, other things. But l- let's let everybody know a little bit about who you are. I think everybody knows you as far as I'm concerned. But tell us where you grew up, um, what you do in life, and... Uh, well, Why are I, you sitting here? <laughs> <laughs> because you ran out of guests. And That's so you, it. Yes, That's it. Yeah, I'm the last guy on the totem pole to sit in here. No, a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, my wife, Judy, and I, uh, we both grew up in a little town in North St. Louis County. You maybe have heard of it, Ferguson. I have. Yeah, and uh, grew up there. The truth is we didn't know each other until we got to junior college. Really? We grew up about four blocks from each other, but I was a public uh-huh. Uh, convert in the church. He was a Catholic. We had uh, we had friends who uh, we knew of um, similar friends, but we never knew each other until we got to uh, to junior college, and then uh, met and uh, fell in love and got married. I, growing up uh, in Ferguson, my mom, God rest her soul, she said, "Now you know I'm going to love anybody you marry, but Uh-oh. don't you marry a Catholic." Oh, did she really? <laughs> Holy <laughs> smokes! Oh my god! She goodness. only said it once. Uh, they got along very, very well, and. Uh, tell that story just because uh, I did not take the advice. I see. Yeah. Not listening to your parents. So I didn't know, Chuck. So you're a convert? I'm a convert. Holy smokes. I did not know. Yeah. Oh, good. So and then uh, went to Mizzou and uh, br- uh, journalism degree, broadcasting, was a TV news guy for about uh, uh, 15 years and worked uh, in St. Louis, moved around the country, Denver, Chicago, mm-hmm. and then decided to come back home, raise our kids, give them roots, and uh, make it work here. Good for you. Good for you. You know, a little inside sports. One of the things we were talking about here at St. Joseph Radio is what do we need to talk about? What do we need to evangelize about? And this is this ongoing series today, the third week, uh, third Saturday in the month, evangelization moments, right? It's just a moment. But what do we need to do? And one of the things I was talking to Chuck about, we, we absolutely need to promote marriage and and, and, and hold it up and give ourselves a couple of clues on how to make our marriage better and maybe how to deal with marriage when it's in crisis, too. It's a marriage today, in today's society, is not only discounted, but it's dismissed. Yeah. And it's so important, and, and frankly, it's hard, too. 
Well, you know, we take our marriage vows and we say in good times and bad times and not because bad times might happen. Bad times do happen. That's right. But the graces and the sacrament and everything, if we're working on our marriages, if we're fighting for our marriages, and we all, every one of us, go through disillusionment where we sit back and look at that other person and say, what the heck was I thinking? Yeah, let me take a hard right turn, Chuck. We said in good times and in bad, and we all think about, well, it's those bad times that you're gonna where the marriage fails. Quite frankly, I, I have friends where they're at the top of their game, and that's when their marriage fails. They're doing great financially. The kids are in good shape, but what's happening to their marriage? Pride. Yeah. Pride takes over. Pride, yeah, and... Uh, and, and the world uh, really takes over. I was uh, reading a quote from Sister Lucia. She was one of the Fatima visionaries, and uh, uh, two of them died very early, like in 1918. Uh, visionaries, obviously, Fatima, 1917. But uh, Sister Lucia lived into her 90s, and in the early 2000s, in one of her last interviews, she said that the final battle between Jesus and Satan is going to be over marriage and the family. Look at that. And look at that. Look where we are. Look what's going on today. And so that's really kind of part of what's behind the book, that uh, could, I, could I write something, could I write a story that would motivate, inspire, encourage, whatever word you want to use to tell married couples, you are important, one, to each other, but to your family and to the church and to the world. And sometimes I think uh, married couples uh, isn't what they thought it was going to be. And yeah, you know what? That's right. It's not what you thought it was going to be, but we've got to fight for our marriages. Got to do it. Fight for gotta our do families. it. And we got to be honest too, right? You, you know, I, I remember the advice my future father-in-law gave me when we announced that we were getting married, and believe me, he was none too happy that we were getting married, <laughs> which happens too. But he said this: he said marriage is not a fifty-fifty relationship. You know, we've all heard about the eighty-twenty rule, right? You know, twenty percent. But he said sometimes it's ninety-ten. And if you're the guy given 90%, you better be doing it happily. You know, there are times that we're all going to have that are difficult in our marriage. We all will. It isn't the unusual couple that has difficulty in marriage. It is the common couple. We all will have issues. But hopefully we're not, you know, both at a low point at the same time. So, Peter, what kind of barrel were you staring down when he was giving you this <laughs> advice? Hey, he wasn't even coming to the wedding. So, look, it was, it was, it was bad. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't very crazy about I, me. I think marriage, what's going on in today's world, is, is just a barometer of society in general as we have slowly been dismantling God from every part of our lives. First, it was out of the schools and out of the courts. And then, you know, happy holidays – Come on, you know, so right. So people enter marriage and they do not know that God has to be number one. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing. I've been to marriages where God's not even mentioned. It's not in a church. And what do they expect? Yeah, it, it's it's well, a, you know, man, I might add too that uh, married couples. I mean, we all do this. So we go through life and we're just trying to do the best we can. And then things aren't going right, and then we think that we're not doing it right, something's wrong, and we think we're the only person oh, in yeah. the world going All through alone. it, and it's not true. So we think we're alone, and we're not. And so when we can start to hear other couples and, and travel with other couples, which uh, Judy, my wife, and I did for years, and, uh, and I meant you know, spiritually, but also sure. vacations and everything like that, when you have other couples 
walking with you through whatever is going on, the good times and the bad times, um, you'll find the strength to keep going and know that you're not alone. And I think that's so important for couples to know. If you're going through some tough times, you're okay. It's all right. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. happen. And, and by the way, just, I mean, uh, we probably have 100 years of marriage here. I've been married 29 years, Chuck. 52. Oh, we're going to get to 100 easy. <laughs> 27. There we are. Got it to 100. But it's it's absolutely true. We're always always going to have some some issues, some bad times. Yeah. Yeah, and I you know, I just uh might uh, might add the importance of uh of just walking with other couples. Yeah. And uh, we talk about fighting for, for marriages. Uh, Judy and I used to give a talk, and we called it uh, Opposites Attract, and then they fight. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's so true. It is. We, that other person in our life, if you really look at the relationship, her strengths are my weaknesses, and my strengths are her weaknesses. And we come together, and together, march down that road together, and, uh, and it, it can work. But uh, we had uh, great, great friends uh, Two other couples, and uh, God bless them, uh, the two guys, uh, both named John, have uh, since passed away. Oh, sad. But I can tell you when um, one of the wives um, was taken to um, uh, the middle-of-the-night hospital trip because of a heart attack, we were the first ones they called. It's important to have good couple Catholic friends, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I can tell you that I still remember the night that – we went over to their house and walked in, and, you know, the six of us were going to be there, and we were going to be just having an evening, and, you know, and Judy and I were fighting about something. We weren't very close, and obviously the question was, how are you two guys doing? Oh, we're fine. And, uh, well, you don't look like you're doing fine. What's going on? And um, whatever was going on. And um, and they kind of sat there and looked at us, and they said, well, what's up? What's up? And so I still remember this. And I, Judy and I turned to one another, and it was almost like the rest of the room went out of focus. And it was just the two of, two of us arguing and fighting and, and everything and whatever was going on. And uh, Judy got so mad at me that she got up and stormed out of the house to go back and sit in the car. I sat back in my chair, and I thought, I won. <laughs> and I looked over at oops. our. I looked over at our. Yeah, whoops! I looked over at our friends, and they were just looking at me, and then they just kind of non-verbally motioned to me, "You need to continue the fight." That's right. You need to go outside and finish the fight. So, uh, I ended up going outside. We sat in the car, and we finished the fight, and we healed the hurt. Good for you. You know, uh, years ago, another convert, uh, Steve Woods. I don't know if you've uh, seen him or read some of his stuff. He was talking about marriages who get in trouble. They all do, right? And he talked about the, the, the difficulties that folks have. And, and there was a survey, and the survey interviewed people and followed them. They said, this is a subgroup of people who characterize their marriage as a bad or failed, right? This is the end, right? Bad or failed. And then he tracked them for five years, okay? There's a substory to it. But those folks who were still married after five years, 85% of them characterize their marriage as good or great. The key is stay married. You're going to have issues. The second lesson to this was exactly what you're saying. He said you need a couple that you know and you love and that loves you. So when you hit these bad times, you can have a cup of coffee and be together and work through this. You know, yeah. as you said, Chuck, you're not alone. It happens to all of us. But I think I'm going to be more, you know, it's always good to have takeaways after this, right? If you're young, maybe you need a mentor couple. 
if you're old, maybe you need good couple friends, right? We need each other to strengthen us oh, and hold absolutely. us up. Absolutely. Yeah, it, I don't know where we would be without uh, these other two couples, and we still meet with the two wives, the, the just great, great friends. In fact, um, oh, I'll tell it as I'm sitting here thinking about it. Uh, we were in the room the night one of the guys died. He oh, had, really? He had a heart attack right in front of us. And it was just obviously heartbreaking that it would, um, we were there to, to just have an evening together, and, um, and uh, he died right in front of us. But that's the kind of friendship that we had. And we've talked about the blessing it was for us to be there in that moment. To uh, suffer with him. To suffer with him. And, and her. And her. And her. So, yeah, it's just so important for, for couples uh, to do that. And then I, I'd love to talk about forgiveness. I mean, I just think that forgiveness is just absolutely so important. Only mm -hmm. if they really deserve the forgiveness, right? Yeah, and they have to apologize, <laughs> and, and there has to be real remorse Facetious. before there's any forgiveness at all, right? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, I, when I, I talk about this, and, and I think that the four most important words a married couple will ever say to one another is, will you forgive me? Uh. I'm sorry is good. You need to say that. But yes. will you forgive me yeah. requires a yes or no answer. Or not now. Or not now, when I'll tell you a story. I just remember one time, whatever the hurt was in our relationship, we were not very good and fighting over who knows what. And Judy came to me and said, will you forgive me? And I said, I'm not so sure I can do that right now. And she grabbed me. We were in the kitchen. She grabbed me by the collar. <laughs> and she pushed me over back toward a kitchen chair and sat me down in the chair, sat on my lap, put her finger in my face and said, you have to forgive me because <laughs> God says so. There you go. <laughs> and, and, what are you going to say to that? Well, and we were able to laugh about it, <laughs> and we were able to, to heal the hurt. Yeah. And uh, it's just so important that we recognize that, you know, we're human. We're different. Uh, we will hurt one another, but what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with well, it? Well, Chuck, what you just said, this will you forgive me, what, what, I, what I'm hearing you say in the story, the heat left the room. Whatever you were fighting about, as you said, who knows what, the heat is gone, right? You're, you're looking at each other in the moment instead of with all the anxiety and stress. And I That's can't a good song, right actually. The is heat it? is gone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, She's it, a diffuser. To be able to diffuse anger is yeah. a, a gift. Well, it is. And, and certainly in terms of, of forgiveness, um, to be able to work through that, and, and, and a lot of people talk about forgiving and forgetting. Mm. Well, they're really two different things. I yeah. mean, what happens, uh, my experience is that, yes, we forgive one another, and we don't forget what happened. We don't forget the situation. But what happens in true forgiveness is that the pain, the wounds, get washed away. So I remember that moment in the kitchen when she pushed I me back into the chair. And but we I, learn from our mistakes. Well, but, but I do not remember the hurt. I do not remember the pain of whatever was going on in our life. That's a that grace. Moment. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from the realm of the West, St. Louis, Missouri, in studio today with author of The Deal, Chuck Neff. Peter Karutz in studio as well, having a good talk here with Chuck about fighting for your marriage, folks. 
and that can never be understated. Number one, number one, because yeah. that is, like you said, the final battle. And it takes three to be married. Never forget that. Yeah, yeah. that Holy Spirit helps too. You know, you were talking about forgiveness and, um, you know, forgive, forget. But let's talk about forgiveness in stages, right? You know, as, as a married couple, you're already at stage one, I hope, in most places, and that is that you want the good of the other, right? Um, you, you know, you, you, you don't, you're not so angry that you, you say, not only won't I forgive you, but I hope you burn in hell. I mean, the, the, the stages of forgiveness um, really are multiple, but it first begins with an act of the will, not the feeling, the will. I want the good of the other, and you move from there. A and the forgetting is way down the road, if ever. Well, we talk about um, about the, the act of the will. Love, when you get it right down to it, it's it's a choice. I mean, it, it's really, uh, we used to say, and a lot of people talk about love being a decision. You know, am I going to love you today? Am I going to decide to love you today? I don't like you a lot today, and I can tell you there's a lot of times when Judy doesn't like me very much. <laughs> but uh, we may not like one another, but do we love each other? Yeah. And yes, we do. And so we're going to work on this marriage, and we're going to be true to those marriage vows and we're going to work through it. Good times, not so good times, tough times, whatever it is, because we're in this together, and we take it seriously. And maybe that's something that I wanted to say in the book was don't quit. Right. Don't quit. Just don't Take quit. it seriously. It's a sacrament. You've been called to this. And, uh, and married couples are that witness to the world of how God loves uh, every one of us. I had a friend one time. Uh, finally dawned on him, I used the image because it then dawned on me, he just saw a, a couple walking down the street holding hands, and he realized, gosh, that's how God walks with me. Yeah. And so in a married couple, the way they are with each other, the way they love one another, the way they fight for each other, the way they reach out to one another, in that witness, that sign, that sacrament, that's a, that tells us how God loves us. And so we have a great responsibility as a married couple, to recognize that these are, are vows which require sacrifice and suffering, but they're serious, and we just need to take it seriously. And I'm hoping that this book might uh, help some married couples uh, just recognize. Uh, I'm um, thinking it will. I'm thinking it I'm will. And by so. the way, I think you're totally right with everything you just said. But I think you're plagiarizing here. I think Jesus Christ said that a whole bunch. Oh, did he, he really? I, I think, yeah, I think he so. did. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he, what did he do? Whenever he yeah. talked about the love of God and the Father for his church, he equated it to the love of a man and woman in marriage, right? I remember I was at a mass for my in-laws in Minnesota, up in Foley, Minnesota somewhere. And um, I, I, I don't think we were, I was married at the time, but the older sister has the first reading is from Ephesians. And then, uh, and she wouldn't do it. You know, really? Yeah. You know, said, w what, what it, was it? Uh, women well, or wives. It, 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 let me just pick up on there. Please. Ephesians Submissive. 5. It's one of my favorite readings. Yeah. And um, so, uh, wives be subordinate to your husbands is what it says. And um, when you talk to priests and they hear that and they'll look out and they can see the husbands kind of <laughs> sitting there. And hey, are you listening to this? So when I talk about this, I tell the husbands, keep reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for the church. And we as husbands are called to give our lives for our wives. And we, and we don't keep that in mind. You know, I, I have a, a buddy who was contemplating divorce. 
And, and frankly, I was not very nice to him. You know, and he's moaning and groaning about his wife and what is she doing and this and that, and on and on and on. And, and it appeared I wasn't listening to him at all. I said, what if your son was kidnapped? He said, what, what are you talking I said, what if your son was kidnapped? Would you go and trade places with your son even if it meant you had to take a bullet? Yeah, of course I'd do that. I'd do that in an instant. He said, you ought to love your wife more than you love your child, right? God gave you your wife first, to, and the two of you cooperating gave you your child. You need to love your wife with your life. And sometimes we forget that that is our charge, our vocation, our calling. What, how much should we love our wife? With everything. That's mm -hmm. what love, love is ultimately, as Christ showed us, self-giving. It's an act of the will. It's self-donative. Yeah, I had a priest tell me, oh, a good number of years ago, and I kind of incorporated the part of the story, his story, into into the book. And uh, but he says, think about your wedding day. He yeah. says it's a, you know, whatever the weather is, but you're just in church. Everybody's dressed up. Your bride just looks terrific. You know, she's beautiful. You're in tux tuxedo. All the groomsmen, the bridesmaids, and all of the, all of the fancy dresses and parents and friends are all dressed to the nines. And in the middle of this great celebration, these are his words, there's a guy hanging on a tree. What is that all about? And the reality is that is what it's all about. Absolutely. Christ gave his life for his church, for his bride, and we as husbands are called to give our lives for our brides. And it's just a, it's a great image and Jesus hanging on the cross, that's what we as husbands are called to do for our wives. So how do, how do we get the men in the county, in the world, to actually understand that? I mean, where's the disconnect? Well, I don't know. I think uh, maybe it could be catechesis. That's really, you know, part of the reason I wrote the book is I wanted to tell men. Because, you know, let's be honest. I mean, us guys, we get wrapped up in our careers oh, and sure. making money. and Hobbies. Hobbies and, yeah, and all of that. And we get wrapped up in that. And then, you know, this beautiful lady that we fell in love with and we married. And, yeah, she's got bad days and I do too. But she kind of gets pushed down the priority list. And I just think that we get so wrapped up in the world and what the world is telling us, how we are to live our marriage, that we forget. We lose sight of, of the, the real responsibility and the importance of who we are as a husband and wife and who we are as a married couple. And good men do that, too. It isn't Absolutely. just the bad ones. I, I remember, I think we were married 15 or 16 years, and we're in the midst of raising a family and children. And gee, sometimes we would meet in a gas station just to trade children and you know <laughs> it, it and my wife asked me when was the last time we went out to dinner and I said what are you kidding we went out on Friday we went to Abby's we went to, you know Thursday we went you know Saturday and she stopped me she said when was the last time you and I went out alone to dinner without the children I could not answer the question McDonald's don't count no, I think McDonald's <laughs> might have counted, but I couldn't come up with it. And and we're you know we're a good loving couple, but we, you get tied up in, t in 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 the in the obligations and the business of marriage, if you will, and, and and making a living. Yeah, we have friends in the parish who every Friday night have a candlelight dinner. Oh, that's good. Every yeah. Friday night they have a candlelight dinner. So Judy and I decided one night we're gonna this Friday night we're gonna have a candlelight dinner. Okay, okay. So all week, we're looking to Friday night. Friday falls apart. It's, 
<laughs> it's it's a horrible, horrible day. Whatever was going on at work, the kids and just everything. She is frazzled like you wouldn't believe. And the candlelight dinner is suddenly not in our plans anymore. Uh-huh. I said, I said we're having a candlelight dinner tonight. She says, well, all I can do is do bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. I said, it's perfect. I, so we had a candlelight dinner with bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. And I can tell you they are the best bacon, lettuce, and tomato I sandwiches bet you're right. ever had. I bet you're right. You know, yeah. my wife used to teach at night. You know, we had children, right? So she, she taught um, um, junior college at night. And so we had a standing babysitter every Thursday night. And then she started teaching during the day. Well, we kept the Thursday night babysitter. And I traveled a lot. You know, geez, I haven't gone anywhere lately. But I, I used to travel all the time. But I was usually home on Thursday night. And we would, quite candidly, we would go out even if it was just for a drink or an appetite. It wouldn't have to be a whole blown-out dinner. But at least we allocated, we sliced out a little bit of time for us. You need to do it. Yeah. yeah. Can I talk about romance? Please. Well, romance. I don't know anything about it. I'm going to have to take some <laughs> well, notes yeah, here. Take some notes here, Peter. <laughs> yeah. So romance, you know, we think that, oh, gosh, when we were dating, it was so romantic. And we were going to movies and, uh, you know, whatever we were doing, baseball games. And we were just having a great time. And I was sending flowers and candy and making sure that she sent in cards and everything that you wanted to do to let that other person know how important yeah, she was to right. me. And so you had this sense of romance. And then you get married, and now, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Where did all of the romance go? Well, romance is very simple. It is simply thinking about the other person first and more than you're thinking about yourself. So even if you've been married, fill in the blank. Whatever it's been, as long as you're thinking about that other person first, and maybe it's just a phone call during the day. Maybe it's a Post-it note, I love you as you walk out the door. But think of that other person first. That is romance. You are a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I am. 52 <laughs> years, you know, he's, done, he's figured something out. Yeah. That is the eloquent voice of Chuck Neff, and he is the author of The Deal, Fighting for Marriage, My Friends. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Chuck Neff, we have Peter Karutz. My name's Matt Logman with the Save the Date. It's coming up again, folks. The St. Louis Catholic Man of the Year, and it will be, let me see here, coming up on June 13th. Make sure that is on your calendar, my friends. And you can get the forms to fill out your nomination by calling us here at 636-447-6000. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution. Offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible and affordable, Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility in home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record-keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. 
St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri, including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, Go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. The West St. Charles, Missouri, and it is St. Joseph Radio Presents in studio today with Peter Karutz, author Chuck Neff of The Deal, and my name is Matt Logan. Welcome you back on this fantastic Saturday afternoon. And we do have phone lines that will be opened if you have any questions. If you're fighting for your marriage and need a little bit of inspiration, please do give us a call. 636-447-6000, and Chuck would be glad to entertain you. Well, more tidbits of wisdom, Chuck. Don't quit. I'm just sitting here writing it, writing it down. But I always used to tell our kids whenever they wanted to quit something and say, no, you don't quit. I said, but you have a list over here of options. Put quit over there. Yeah. Make it an option. Yeah. But, you know, you can always, you can always go do it. I mean, you can always get that. But uh, just uh, don't quit. And, and I just, you know, we, want, we think that our marriages are going to be magical because when we were first dating, it was kind of magical. Well, that kind of wears off. But just don't quit. Keep working, and it takes work. I mean, I, I'm so taken with um, if if I if I told you guys about this great movie that I saw last week, you might be going out tonight to see it. Not that the theaters are open. Yeah. But if I told you about a restaurant, if you could get into it, uh, you'd probably be going pretty quick. But if I told you about something like a weekend where you could maybe improve your marriage, you said, "Whoa, not so sure that's for me." Well. You know, you take my advice on the easy stuff, but you're not going to take my advice on, on the tough stuff. And so I, we were involved in Marriage Encounter for nine years. We were presenting couple, Judy Judy and me, and then we helped uh, with Retrovi, which mm-hmm, is a weekend right. for hurting marriages. Sure. Um, and uh, But there's so many great resources in the church for married couples, but it's like, well, you know, I'm— Nobody could be like me, and we're having troubles, and we don't want anybody to know we're having troubles. Well, we're all having troubles. We're all having troubles. Well, but but the point is that there's just so many resources that for married couples to be able to work on and grow in their relationship as a married couple. Yeah, let me talk to the people who are saying, ah, you know, I can't go and do a weekend. Like, well, think about business, right? If you're in a larger organization and you're in the executive levels, what are they going to do? They're going to take a couple of days out every single year to do a corporate retreat, right? Even if you have a small office, you may do a a corporate outing. So you can pause from the normal day-to-day affairs and and not only run your business, but plan on making it better, right? That's how we earn a living. But we have a lifelong commitment to our spouses. How about taking a day or two? It's how we earn our way to heaven. Every <laughs> or we beg for our grace to get there. But this is how we we um, and and I want to come back to that. This is some, how we uh, we we want to grow our marriage. Right? It doesn't stop growing the day you get married. It continues to grow all through your your marriages. 
Well, that's such a good point because when we, we talk about uh, being married, we look back to our wedding day. Well, we're saying I do on day number one. We're saying I do on day number two and day number three and day number 501,000. And a couple of years ago, I went back and figured out how many days it had been for us. And we were like 17,000 days. <laughs> well, you're saying I do to one another again. You're saying yes to one another on day 10,000, 15,000, whatever God's going to give us. And some days uh, we, we're not so sure. Is this, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yes again. Oh, you know, it's hard. Uh, but we're saying yes every day. That's what we promised on, on, the, on our wedding day. And it's not just making those vows on day number one, but it's for the rest of our lives. Every day we're saying, yes, I do. And we're marry, marrying each other again every day of our lives. Absolutely. Matt, I want to come back to what you said. Uh, so everyone knows that I am not a scripture scholar. I don't read Greek, but I, 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 we've been talking to a lot of folks who are. <laughs> and getting back to Ephesians 5, I think you said be subordinate to your husband. There's a lot of different translations. But this one Greek scholar told me that it, it, one of the translations you see sometimes is be subject to your husband. But he says if you go back and look at the etymology of that, and you look at the, 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 the meaning of the word, a better translation might be women be subject to the collective mission be subject to the mission, right? What is the mission, and what should that man bring to the relationship? It's Christ and God and faith, right? So you're both cooperating with each other to bring each other to heaven. Some, someone once told me, what is the best reason to get married? To, get, to help get each other to heaven. Yeah, Judy thinks I'm her ticket to heaven. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a my, my Teresa gets a plenary dispensation. Every other day she has to deal with me. On the coattails, is she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, well, as besides getting to heaven, they they're great cooks, and we should be very you know thankful for that. <laughs> now, really, as far as the hobbies that men have, I noticed in your book the guy missed a couple of real important dates for a golf outing at Pebble Beach. And I'm looking at that and thinking, wow, that would have been difficult, you know, if you're given the opportunity to go to Pebble Beach, yeah. you know, and it was all for a good reason for his work. I get that. But, wow, I mean, that that's powerful stuff. Well, I think you have to get back down and just say say what uh, what's important in your life. Yeah, an outing at Pebble Beach, well, that would be pretty nice. But is that as important as your, your uh, child's uh, 16th birthday for some guys – the golf outing is more important. Well, he made that decision on his own. I think maybe if he incorporated her into it, honey, I know this is this and that, you know, this is the opportunity I have. You know, folks, phone lines are open if you have a question. We are fighting for our marriage here. This is Evangelization Moments on St. Joseph Radio. 636-447-6000. Peter Karutz, Chuck Neff. My name's Matt Logman. And not, not to change the subject, but there was this foursome playing golf, and they were right, <laughs> along the, the, right along the road. You know, it was a long par five. And the guy notices as he's got the ball teed up, he's getting ready to hit, and he sees the procession of a funeral going by. He stops, takes off his hat, puts it over his heart. The other three gentlemen see what's going on. They follow suit. After the thing's finished, they said, wow, that was, that was really admirable. 
He looks at him and says, that's the least I can do for 40 years of marriage. <laughs> well, and that, that is not in the book. That no, is it not is not. Okay. No, it is not. But it is talking <laughs> about priorities. I'll tell you, once in a while, every chance I get, I mess with engaged couples uh-huh. and usually mess with the men. And uh, so we were, I was at the fish fry a couple of years ago, and I'm sitting down with this young couple. I know the girl because she, where she works. And, and I see the guy. I finally meet the fiance. And I said, man, I got some questions for you. Can you handle them? He says, yeah, yeah. I said, I got to warn you, guy, you're going to be wrong, but you're going to be married shortly, so you'll better get used to being <laughs> wrong. So, all right, here we go. Who is the most important person in your life? And he turns, it's, uh, it's Sally, obviously. I said, you're wrong. <laughs> and then I said, okay, Mel, but now let's, let's reset. Think about it. Once you're married for a couple of years and you have children, who's the most important person in your life. He says, my kids. I said, wrong, right? And I think we all get into that mode of being wrong. We have to get our priorities, as you said, straight. You know, maybe you should have gone to his wife's funeral. You have to get your priorities straight. So who is the most important person in our lives? It has to be God. Hmm. Why? God gave us life. Second most important person. It's our wife. God gave us our wives. Third most person. Our children. Us two married couples cooperating, mediating, if you will, through God's creative power, gave us children. And if we keep those priorities straight, we might be able to make better decisions about that golf game in Pebble Beach or going to the funeral. (laughs) What are our priorities? Doesn't seem to make sense with contemporary wisdom right now. No, and I think that that's part of uh, what's going on, that the world is just attacking our marriages and our families to tell us that, uh, that here are the priorities. And what's pri- the priority is money and power and prestige and all of those things in our life, which in the end are not going to mean a, mean a thing. So you talked about change. I realized some years ago, or not change, but uh, being right. I remember um, some years ago that I just got to the point where I thought, you know what? It's really, it's not important for me to be right anymore. And I mentioned that to Judy one night. I said, you know, I'm just really deciding that it's not important for me to be right. She said, oh, I love being right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't say you're not always right. You just said it's not very important. Important. Yeah, right. You can be right and you can be dead right. Yeah. And then let's talk a little bit about change, if you don't mind. Please. I'm I'm a big believer. I say this a lot. Uh, change, Change is wonderful as long as somebody else is doing it. Absolutely right. They're wrong. And, and I just think that when we're looking at our life, that it, we have to change ourselves first. We have got to be able to, to change who we are. And with, when we are starting to live our uh, life of faith, when we're trying to be who God wants us to be, and we're trying to live that, then, then we will change ourselves. And in changing ourselves, we will begin to change our world. Let's get back to being always right, because I kind of like that, you know, because, <laughs> you know, and I, and I I'm probably have facetiously or half-jokingly tell myself, I'm always right. I know I'm right, you know. And we believe that we're right, so therefore the other person must change. But if we don't change ourselves, nothing will change, because really we are the only person we can change. We can change ourselves. What did Mother Teresa say? says, how do you change the world? She says, the first thing is, I change myself. She says, Mother Teresa, for goodness sakes, she's saying she has to change. 
I, I don't think I've reached her level yet. Yeah. Saint Francis, let it begin with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, messing with my daughter. I have an older daughter who got married a year and a half ago, and I got another daughter who's just now engaged. And uh, my older daughter, I, I, I was talking to her and her fiance, and I said, "I'm going to buy you a brand new car for your wedding." And they said, "Really?" I said, "They said, yeah." We talked about what the car would be and all that. And I said, it doesn't matter what the car is. Here's the deal, though. It's it's yours, free and clear. You know, I'm not going to – I'll take care of it, whatever. But you can never, ever have another car. Huh? Th that's the deal. I'm going to give you this car, brand new, brand spanking new, no miles on it. It's yours as a couple forever, but you, 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 you can never have another one. I said, do you realize what kind of care we're going to have to give that car if we can't have another? We, we probably can't speed. We're going to have to be careful where we park. I, you know, if I miss an oil change, I'll be frustrated. I say, hey, look, the Cubans can do it, right? They got cars running since the 50s. <laughs> and I think as we talk more and more, I think they realize that this was just an analogy. Because that's what we do when we get married. We have each other brand new. And if we're going to keep each other forever, we have to take great care, extraordinarily good care of each other. Yeah. When we got married, um, we thought forever was somewhere between five and six years. <laughs> somewhere around there. We weren't quite sure, but somewhere in that range. Yeah, it usually is. <laughs> but for, but w And I hope... Somebody listening today, just take your marriage vows seriously. Yeah. Go back and revisit what you said on that wedding day. And you just go do an internet search and you can find out Catholic wedding vows. Yeah. Read those and and realize again what, what you married. What do you remember about your wedding day? It's really interesting because I was uh, we were married in the Catholic Church in Ferguson, St. John and James back then, St. Teresa of Calcutta today. Um, but... Um, and Judy's Catholic, and obviously we were married in the church. And I remember walking over to uh, and Judy laying flowers at the foot of the, the statue of Mary. I remember that like it was yesterday. I mentioned it uh, uh, a couple of months ago. How, how I remember that. She says, oh, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> oh, really? It was so vivid to me. And I, you know, I didn't have any idea back then what that meant. But go back and and revisit your wedding day. Get your get your wedding album. It's probably on tape too. I well, mean, it could be. A lot so, of yeah, them are. yeah, a lot of them are today. That's right. Uh, ours weren't. We were married before the invention of uh, television. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, but go back and revisit your wedding day. Relive that and go back and think about about those days. We were talking the other day. What did we expect when we were married? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I just uh, knew I had a job, and I had no idea that that first job was going to you know, lead to a career in broadcasting and uh, television and radio. I had no idea because back then it was just the two of us, and we were going to build our life together. And uh, we started day number one and day number two, and it kind of went from there. Well, Chuck, two things. First off, would you tell folks how they might get your book? Uh, I mean, if you call in, I'll give you one of the books. But if, if someone wants to buy a book, how, how would they get it? And well, then tell us a little bit about – you kind of glanced over it uh, before. What would a marriage encounter weekend be like? 
But tell us about the book. Well, the book, it's called The Deal. And um, the best way to, if you're interested in it, just go to chuckneff.com, and that will uh, take you to the uh, publisher website, and you can order it through there. But uh, Chuck Neff, N-E-F-F, last two letters, F is in Frank, chuckneff.com. And, um, and it's a book that, that uh, I just had the idea for a long time and uh, finally decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this. I was telling somebody today that somebody asked the question in our face-sharing group one night, so what's one thing you still want to do? Yeah. And I thought, oh, boy. And I thought, I want to write a book. Oops. And that, whoops, now it's out there. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so I did, and um, I thought, well, okay, if it's good, it's good. If it's not, uh, you did it, and yeah. you know, let's move on. But the response, quite frankly, I've been humbled by it. Yeah. Well, Chuck, I read it. It's great. My wife read it. Um, and uh, so just to, to try and get a little bit of inside sports knowledge here, first off, it's about a troubled marriage. And uh, is it truth? Is it fiction? Is it is it? Uh, <laughs> well, it's everything I've ever wanted to say about marriage. <laughs> I can, well, I can tell you that. Just uh, our involvement in, in Marriage Encounter and Retrovi, you really learn about relationships. Yeah. I had a priest uh, years ago say, the best trained lay leaders in the church are Marriage Encounter team couples. And uh, and, it, and it's not that you're getting any great training, but you're learning about relationships. So everything in the book is everything I've ever wanted to say. There you in go. In terms about of the relationship, in terms of what the church teaches, uh, and fill in the blank. But um, and I wanted it to be real. And so basically, one guy's ready to give up on his marriage. He's got to figure out a way to tell his wife it's over. And uh, he can't do it right away. He needs to figure it out. So he goes back to his hometown, meets an old high school friend whom he had lost touch with. And so their two-day encounter gets pretty tense. And so uh, I won't give too much away. Oh, no no spoiler alerts. Right. <laughs> you are listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri, in studio today with Chuck Neff, the author, Peter Karutz, who volunteers to buy the book for you if you call in right now, folks, 636-447-6000, and you can read it, then re-gift it. I su- suggest that for all the books that you buy that are good and spiritual. That's one way we can change this world, one soul at a time, right, yeah, Chuck? Oh, yeah. Mandatory for me. My wife says we can't have any more books, so if I read them and then i got to give them away, <laughs> so that's good. You know, Chuck, you gave a little bit more away from the book than I, than I would have, so I'm glad you did. Did, uh, but the other thing that I get from this book is, uh, you know, maybe a piece of advice for everybody: never say the D word, never think the D word. No, no divorce, no. Don't. No, d- just uh, put that on the option list. Keep it over there. Keep it out of sight. But no, just don't, don't quit. And um, so, so the book was basically written to just let couples know how important their relationship is. And I mentioned that earlier, but. Uh, Take advantage of the resources. You mentioned Marriage Encounter. Marriage Encounter is just a, a weekend, and Retrovi is too. Retrovi is a French word for rediscover, and that's really for hurting marriages and really couples who are really, really in the pits of, of despair and don't know what to do. Marriage Encounter, we always used to, and in fact, it's been called, it's a weekend for good marriages. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, we don't have a good marriage. Well, yes, you do have a good marriage. <laughs> that's right. And so, but both are weekends, uh, basically, where you can get away, and um, and they're very conscious of busy schedules today. There's been some changes in the format of the weekend, but you know, <laughs> I always tell people the worst that's going to happen is you're going to spend a weekend together. I mean, that's the worst, and um, 
and so it, it was such a big part of our life and uh, I would just encourage you to, to, to give it a try, you know, just um, to recognize that it's an opportunity for, for you as a husband and wife to really get away, away from the kids and spend time with one another and focus on, on your marriage and what's really important in the end. It's that relationship. It's the foundation of who we are as a culture, and it's getting blown away today. It's attacked like never before. But to strengthen, strengthen marriages and strengthen families, and please, if you're, you just take a weekend, go do it. Yeah, let me get negative for a minute here. What if you think your marriage really is over, and you say there is no hope, right? First off, pray. Yep. Uh, s- secondly, look. A lot of people have been in that circumstance. There's another book just to promote another one <laughs> uh, that I think is unbelievable. Uh, I was at I was giving a talk to a bunch of lawyers. Uh, they were all divorce lawyers, and I I sometimes do measurements of damages for businesses and such things. So I was asked to 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 to, to give a presentation to these lawyers, and I said, "Well, I'll do it, but I gotta I gotta say my piece before it." And I basically said, "Best thing you lawyers could ever do is never hire me." I said, "If you have a if you have a couple who is really looking to get a divorce, the best service you can give them is try, tell them to try and reconcile. There was a book written called uh, Marriage 911. Mm. And Marriage 911 is about a couple who are both having affairs with you know other people, and they come together and say, hey, man, this is over, right? W- our, our marriage is in the pits. We're, you know, we're unfaithful to each other. They worked it out. You know, with God's grace, anything yeah. is possible. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and back to the point you were making earlier, Matt, about God in a relationship. I mean, you've just got to be able to have God in your relationship, uh, it really in anything. But um, he's our creator. He is, uh, gave us life, and uh, we're trying to give life to one another, be a witness to the world about how important love is and how important our marriages are. Center and foremost, I mean, is that not the first commandment? Love your God with all of your heart. I mean, number one, folks. For all the engaged couples out there, folks, and I know you know some, maybe they should read this book before they get married. And Peter's willing to buy it for you if you call in 636-447-6000. For all the engaged couples out there, Chuck, who are planning their wedding, and it's at an outside venue, what do we say to their loved ones to try to help them rethink how to start their marriage? Well, I don't know if I have any good advice on that other than that what happens uh, is that everybody is so focused on the wedding day. Yeah. What the church is going to look like, what the venue is going to be, where are we going to go? We're going to go to Cancun. We're going to go wherever we're going to go. And um, everybody's so focused on the wedding day that they lose sight of the marriage and what comes after the wedding day. And so I was uh, surprised. A number of priests have read this book, and they said, oh, my gosh, we've got to get this to engaged couples. Uh Well, well, (laughs) I I was surprised at that. I mean, because let's be honest. I mean, if you're listening to this program and you're engaged, uh, I'm going to, you know, jokingly say you're in la-la land. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are. I mean, everything is great. I mean, this lady, I just love her so much, and everything's going to be great, and we're going to be different than all those other marriages we see. And so – um, you know, so for them to, to read this and walk with this uh, couple through the through the good times and the disillusionment and, and uh, what happens in the end uh, may not make sense to them. But I'm getting a lot of 
feedback from priests in particular who say, gosh, we've got to get something like this to there a you Jewish go. conference. Chuck and I are both in a uh, men's group called That Man Is You, and one of the things that they talk about is marriage to some extent. Uh, w- one of the things you might do as a couple, quite frankly, is read the book together. Oh, yeah. Or, or read things together. My wife and I call it taking a minute or reading a page, actually. We, you know, it might be a Saturday morning or Sunday morning, and, you know, we have a cup of coffee and read a page together. We're doing it together, right? In the, That Man Is You, they also talk about other simple things you might do as a couple. Here's something nutty. There were some statistics out there. It says, hold your wife's hand before you go to sleep. I mean, what could be simpler than that, yeah. right? Did that last night. Yeah, yeah. Go out to dinner together, right? Tell her you love her. Uh, can you? There are folks probably who have gotten into such a, a busy life that they forget to tell each other they love each yeah. other. Yeah, it's just so important for married couples to be real. I mean, if you're going through a tough time now, you, you think, I'm telling you, you're not the only one going through a tough time, but you've got to be real. And so, I mean, I think our kids knew when we were not doing well. Oh, I, <laughs> I they, they knew it. They yeah. knew it, yeah. And, and, they, and they do. And uh, I can tell you this, that, uh, that um, I, I just never let our kids talk back to their mom. That's and, it. But the line was, don't talk like that to your mother. Don't you talk like that to my wife. There you go. Real quick, Chuck, how do we get that book again? ChuckNeff.com, and that'll take you right through it, the deal. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much for your time today, Peter, as well with you. Excellent time. Great program today, folks. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. This is Matt Logman reminding you that we have a save the date. The St. Louis Catholic Man of the Year is coming up. Will the Catholic Man come from your parish? Give us a call for the form to nominate yours. Or check it out at www.stjosephradio.net. That is S-A-I-S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Folks, it's been great. And always pray for us, and we will pray for you. My name is Matt Logman, reminding you that for me and my household, we serve the Lord. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.